Hi guys, welcome to NHBF's new podcast, NHBF Shines On. I'm Brooke Evans, and just like you, I have my own salon. I wanted to have real conversations with some of my favourite people in the industry about the highs and lows in hair and beauty. We'll touch on many of the issues facing hair and beauty professionals across the industry and create a space for honest conversations about the realities of working in hair and beauty. We know that times have been tough and the pandemic has affected the hair and beauty industry more than many others. That's why with the help of the NHBF, we want to tell inspiring stories of people who have faced adversity and found a way to shine. Creativity is so important in our industry and unlocking your own creativity and that of your team might be the final ingredient you need to get your business back on track. To help us with that today on the podcast NHBF Shines On, award-winning hairdresser Mark Woolley. Mark, can you tell us more about who you are and what you do? I always think, you know, I always sum it up with hairdresser. So you'll say, what do you do? I'm a hairdresser. So, um, yeah, I think electrics ended up being involved in lots of other things that are connected with our industry. But first and foremost, I think, you know, it's it's about that person in the chair, isn't it? And, and, And making them look and feel better. And then it's just expanded into so much more. Yeah, you know, it's, I think in all of our, you know, and obviously I've followed your career pretty closely. In all of our careers, it, it 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 evolves into the next thing, doesn't it? And I think, you know, I've been doing hair, been in the industry since I was sixteen, and um, you know, I think in that time you you end up getting involved in educating, you get involved in owning and running salons, you get involved in session work, you get involved in. All, all sorts of things. But actually, for me, my favourite thing is still cutting a client's hair. I love taking it back. Tell me about a defining moment of when you decided that you wanted to become a hairdresser. Right. This is, this is the official story of how I got into it. So I grew up in the north of England, in North Yorkshire. And when I was at school, um, the main place you could train as a really good hairdresser and people that won all the awards were were sax you know and uh back in those times the sax art team um were gary hooker and michael young andrew barton uh tracy gallagher and you know and it was a really sort of um exciting place i went there to get my hair cut when i was about 15 and i remember thinking wow hairdressing guy cut my hair and I remember taking a picture and it looked exactly like uh, the picture I'd taken. And I remember thinking, wow, you know, it's a powerful thing, a haircut. So I went to work there, left school when I was 16, went to work there. I thought I could see myself doing that. And the, the sax guys were brilliant because they were teaching people about great hair and creativity, but they're also teaching people about running their own salons. And they were sort of teaching you that in the subconscious almost right from a young age. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a good ability to mix the creative side with a good business as well, which is what electric's always been built on. But in truth, I think I learned that from them. You know, the guys that taught me in the, in the early days, I always thank them uh, for that. How would you describe the evolution of your craft over the years? I think... Um, as long as long as the enjoyment's there, it keeps evolving, doesn't it? And 
I think in this country where there's such a high standard of work and there's such a high level of passion and enthusiasm, it's infectious, you know, and you, you can, you know, you keep mixing with all of those people and, you know, and you see great young people coming through and achieving. I think I've evolved through, you know, just watching other people and getting excited about, you know, what's happening in the industry and then, and then having a go at it, you know, you can try some of these things. So like I said to you, I, I, I still really enjoy that person in the chair, you know, and I always think if we're doing our job right in an hour, someone's going to look better and feel better. No one could ever imagine that we were going to go into a global pandemic. That being said, how difficult has the pandemic been for you professionally? I think there's for all of us, we're all we've all been in the same boat, haven't we? We've all suffered the same, especially for salon owners, you know, you've had to close and, you know, we've had to there isn't anybody out there that hasn't struggled and you know and, and I remember when they were announcing that third lockdown, I'd almost got electric space ready to open. Been a lifelong dream and I was thinking, right. January we're going to go and then the next thing on Boxing Day we're told oh you're going to shut again for three months at that point I felt like bloody hell this is going to be you know this is going to be tough but I think we've all been in the same boat and I think no one's ever been through it before so we're all experiencing it for the first time we've all we've all been through the same things but certainly when you see everyone at industry events and 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 you can see now events are starting to be full to capacity I think everyone's genuinely happy to be there aren't they mixing with other other hairdressers yeah, absolutely. I think there is just a completely different atmosphere now going into those events, awards or whatever it is. Everyone's just so grateful for being there. Um, I don't know about you, but I was at an event the other day and I walked in and just to see people talking to each other and conversations flowing, Prosecco obviously flowing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, I think as an industry, I think we, you know, we're very good at adapting to change. We're very good at, you know, we're, we're people's people, aren't we? And we're very... Um, I think quick to recover from things and jump on board. I remember I went to an event, you know, Tom Chapman with the Lions Barber Collective, and they were doing their their awards for all these unbelievable, you know, people. One guy um, had set up this salon for people who have got anxiety about visiting salons, and he spends up to four hours with each client. They've changed all these people's lives. People who couldn't go to salons, you know, and now. Just amazing things people are doing. Are there any innovations that you saw from within the industry that came on due to the pandemic that have changed things for the better? Yeah, electric space. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I, it was one. I'll tell you the truth. It was one of those things where I'd, I'd, I'd had that feeling for years. You know, we'd owned a photographic studio for I think 20 years. You know, and and I'd always thought, wouldn't it be nice to have that in a salon and a sort of space where people can hang out? And I'm not sure we would have done it had the pandemic come along. We'd have probably been too busy and found a reason not to do it. And like you say, everything changes. You can't stand still in this industry. If you do, you just become stagnant. Anyway, what can a manager or a salon owner do to foster a culture of creativity within their own team? I think they've definitely got to create a culture that people want to be part of. I think with electric in the salons and the products and, and, and all of it, we've, we've tried to create a level of excitement where people want to be at the events and they want to take part in some of the creativity. I know when I speak to loads of people now, everyone seems to be building a community. It's a bit of a kind of cliche, but I, I do think you have got to build a community and it and it's fun and exciting. You know, we again, electric's called electric because it was a brand and I felt anyone then could then want to be a part of it. 
So creativity seems to be a bit of a strong theme for you in terms of the decisions you've made within the salon and in your product range. What would you say to someone who says they just aren't creative or I guess just don't have the creative spark within them? I think you get you definitely get different types of thinkers, you know, and and you know, I know if if I go and have a meeting with some of our accountants or bank managers, they definitely think in a different way to to I do. It's quite funny when I said about doing this place in the middle of the pandemic, the, the all all of them were like, um, are you sure? You know, so yeah, you get people who think in different ways. What frustrates me sometimes is historically hairdressers have been told, well, if you're creative you're over here and you can't run a business or if you're a business person you're over here and you're not allowed to be creative and i think that's always frustrated me because if you look at chefs you look at fashion designers you look at musicians all those people do the two together you know so if you take music right there was only ever one billionaire in music for 20 or 30 years which was paul mccartney and all the money they'd made from the beatles um today Jay-Z's a billionaire, Rihanna's a billionaire, Kanye West's a billionaire, Dr. Dre's a billionaire. You know, all these people have mixed creativity with good business to be successful. And I just think in hair, it frustrates me when people say, oh, I I can't do one or the other. If you're in hair, you are obviously creative. That seems mad if you're saying you're not creative. And, and, And also, actually, salons, they're not difficult businesses to run, are they? They're all about people. So if you're in the industry... You know, as long as people are liking the hair work you're doing and they're booking back in with you, and as long as your team are being inspired by what you're doing so they're they're working with you, hair is perfect for mixing the two together. If you want to be a business owner or if you're wanting to be an entrepreneur or whatever, you're going to have to mix them both at some stage. Yeah, most I think most people can do it. I think in it like I said at the beginning, in extreme circumstances, I don't know, someone who is a an accountant probably is going to be more logical and less creative. Somebody who's artistic to the sort of Vincent van Gogh level where you, you know, you're chopping your ear off one night. <laughs> I don't know, but it, that certainly for most of us, I reckon we can do both. Yeah. And anything that you don't know, you've got accountants on the end of the phone and you've got the NHBF that you can contact. I saw the, I saw the letter the other day going out to the, um, the government, you know, all about the suggestions of how the industry should recover. And I think to have a body like that representing the industry, I think is uh, is unbelievable. And I know, obviously, you guys been in here and have, you know held a couple of events in here with awards ceremonies. But I just think, yeah, fantastic organisation. And it's we're lucky that we've we've got the NHBF. No, I think so. I think you know, especially with what we've just come through, I think it's been needed now more than ever. So that's great. Um, it also seems that for you, your creativity isn't just tied to hairdressing. It seems to fit into a large framework of art and design. Do you want to talk about that a bit more? I've definitely been keeping up to date with all your other business sort of adventures and I'm intrigued. Yeah, I think, yeah, business wise, definitely there's a lot of creativity that goes into products. Um, with Electric as a company, we've always underpinned all the projects by investing in properties around it so you know Falmer Court you know we bought that to be our head office and a farm where we could develop the products further in truth when I bought that place in 2015 I had to sell my house and my you know all sorts of things so I you know I live there it's like the you know the 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 hub of it Um, and then the other thing is there's always been 
I've always had this really love for art. You know, it's always been my, my kind of hobby. And, you know, whenever I get the chance to do a bit of that, I like doing a bit of that as well. But interestingly enough, I think there's quite a few hairdressers out there that do that, you know. And sometimes I was in L.A. recently with uh, Johnny Sapong, who is one of our ambassadors, guy that really inspires me. He's a great hairdresser. And he starts showing me all the art he's produced over the years. I've known Johnny for 20 years. Mark, you've spoken in the past about trusting your intuition. Tell me about a moment when you went with your gut and how did it work out? Uh, everything, I think, so far. Um, like I said, there have been calculated risks, but they've been so far away from what an accountant would tell you to do. Was there ever a moment where you made a bad call or when things didn't really go to plan? You know what it's like. What happened and what did you learn from it? Yeah, I think, you know, if I'm totally honest, over the years, there's been a few, you know, where you've been in a situation where I thought, oh, man, you know, what, how are we going to get out of this? I think anyone running their own business probably has, you know, I think, I remember just before I moved into uh, Falmer Court, I was moving out of the house where I'd, I'd lived for the 12 years before that. And there was this dining room table in the sort of big, like a back area, you know, that was like kitchen and dining room. And as they were lifting this table out, the removal men, I was thinking, I was looking at it, think, God, the things that have happened around there from art meetings to board meetings to, you know, jumping around the table with elation because someone in America has taken the products on to sat there with head in your hands going, God, how we're going to pay for this. And this has just happened. And there's been, I think anyone doing anything, there's obviously been things that haven't gone according to plan along the way you know obviously hairdressing is a very people centric you i think over the years we all lose good people as well that we didn't anticipate losing and a few years later you look at it and you think oh that was just progress you know i love seeing people that have gone on and done and done great things you know that have worked in electric you know when there was an event going on in here last week and there was uh, when i looked at uh, it was ghd and they had patrick wilson doing a presentation who worked for electric for seven years Samantha Kuzik presenting who worked for Electric for quite a few years. Uh, Kai Wilson who worked for Electric. You know, there's all these people. And I thought, oh, you know, I guess like all salon owners, there's always a time when somebody good comes along and says, oh, I'm leaving. I'm going to go and do my own thing. And you're like, oh, you know. But then you look at it and you think, actually, I feel really proud these people have come through the system. And hopefully they've, you know, they've had something good, you know, to, to come from it. You know, your legacy continues, which is really important. Well, as soon as someone tells me, oh, I'm going to open my own salon now, I just say, right, you better be taking on electric products. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had any ideas about how you'll try to innovate from here? And I guess push the boundaries of your craft and your business further. Well, I one of the things that here has taught me electric space is you know i'm working with you've got to work with people who in, in inspire you you know and because obviously we had two years with not doing much hair all the shoots stopped we kept having a chance to do clients for a little while and then we closed down again and so actually here where we've got different people coming in and you're watching them work and you feel like oh they're working there so i better make sure my you know i'm, I'm on the show doing hopefully doing good work myself so yeah i like that you know keep pushing it together great i can't wait to see what the next 12 months have in store for you i can't wait for you to be down here for the day doing some stuff absolutely be... i'm gonna come down <laughs> i'll be your junior if you want i'll be uh <laughs> be great well i guess we're heading towards the end so at the end of each episode we like to end things off with quick fire questions 
You can answer these with not huge sentences or just a few words, whatever you are comfortable with. So, number one, what is your favourite new beauty product? Cloudburst, which is, I, I mean, without being biased, it is one of our products, but I think we've revolutionised mousse. And all I would say is that word, cloudburst. Have you heard any rumours about you that just aren't true? <laughs> I, um, not, not that I can think of at the top of my head. If there, if there are any rumours floating around, they're probably true. <laughs> Who was the worst client you ever had? I used to cut this guy's hair. He used to turn up in the salon. In, this is over in Marleybone, just, you know, a short distance from here. And he'd rock up. In a, in a cab and he'd go, right, you've got seven minutes to cut my hair. I won't name him, he's quite a well-known guy. He goes, you've got seven minutes. So I'd learn how to cut this guy's hair in seven minutes, you know, I was like, almost. And then he'd stand chatting at reception for about 15 minutes before the cab picked him up again. I remember seeing Trevor Sorby saying he, he'd learned how to cut hair in 10 minutes when he was on TV. I remember thinking, well, it must be possible. I used to cut this guy's hair very quickly. They stand chatting for another 15 at reception. What is the number one hair or beauty product or tool you can't go without? A paddle brush. And I, I use one that's made by Denman, you know, and it's it, it's just that thing for doing all sorts of things with a paddle brush. What's the worst haircut you've ever had? I thought you were going to say done then. I was like, oh no, I haven't, uh, you know, I, <laughs> I've ever had. Well, every, it's funny, I, I think as you get older, you get to know what suits you and you, you, you get to be honest about your head shape. So what I used to do every so often is shave my head. Uh, I can normally, when I've done that, I look like I should be in prison and they don't let me through customs in certain countries, you know, so I've stopped doing that. What's the hardest thing about being on social media in hairdressing? Um, well, the great thing about it is you can dip out of it. I, I, it's not difficult, I don't think. I, there isn't anything where I think, oh, that's that's a nightmare. So, you know, I think I sometimes question whether do I waste a lot of time looking at it, you know? And, and I, I've heard interviews with people like musicians and actors who have basically have somebody else do it for them and they don't want to get involved. And sometimes I think, oh, that, that must be quite nice. But actually, you can dip in and dip out of it. I, it certainly doesn't define my, you know, life. What advice would you give to your younger self? <sighs> don't, don't drink too much. <laughs> and... Um, <clears throat> Well, the good thing is, when I was younger, you couldn't be caught out with people filming it and putting it on social media, you know, so things were very easy to deny then, so you didn't need any good advice. If I was if I was advising me today, I would say don't do a lot of the things I did when I was younger because it will, it will be filmed and you will be held accountable. Oh, it's been amazing, Mark. Where can everyone find you on your social media? So on Instagram and Twitter and all those things, I'm at Mark Woolley one no one ever spells woolly right either it's w-o-o-l-l-e-y mark woolly one but you know where can you find me you can find me at 11 rathbone place in in soho in london you can come and knock on the door and hang out at electric space well i just want to say a huge thank you for today i've had an absolute ball i know that we've kept you from busy duties but it's been a great chat and it's been an amazing podcast. Amazing. I'm always happy to talk to you. I love what you're doing. And thank you for inviting me on your podcast for the NHBF. That's it for today's episode of NHBF Shines On. 
We mentioned lots of advice on how to help your own businesses during these difficult times for our industry. Head to nhbf.co.uk to find out about how to build a team, how to advertise, how to deal with tax issues and how to find the best way for your business to recover from the pandemic. My name's Brooke Evans. Bye until next time. Thank you.